Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read. As I read it, there's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And is there anything else you want to say in this week between Christmas and New Year's? Happy past Merry Christmas. Happy past Merry... Okay, happy Christmas for the people listening who uh, have already done Christmas. By definition, yes. everyone, because we missed... We're not doing this before Christmas, I guess. No. This and is Happy now... New Year. This might be the last podcast of the year. Although I have actually finished another book, but I'm waiting for you to finish a different book for me to talk about this book because of spoiler territory, which I'm yeah. not going to get into now. But there's a chance that I might finish it. I have a few days off, uh, so yeah. I just need to actually sit down and read, I guess. Yeah, well, we're not going to review... I'm saying we're not going to review the book that you're reading now. No. I want to talk to you about another book, but because they're kind of so related, I don't want to go in depth about one book before I get to the other book which is related and I'm trying to stay vague about both of them because uh, you have stayed vague well it's one of those things that you go hey this book oh that it was with the movies isn't it like oh oh this movie have you seen it no it's like well I'm not going to give away the ending anyway it's got exactly the same twist as this other movie have you seen that one yes it's all like all right so you just told me that the twist is the same as the yeah, other one yeah. which isn't the case with these two books but it's it, it's really weird it was like really weird listening to them like or reading them audiobooks like listening to them as audiobooks back to back intriguing uh, intriguing we'll get to that we'll get to that in the next episode okay so um, what's the, what are we talking about today then? Oh, today's episode is a uh, another book. Oh, I'm hitting my microphone. Today we're talking about another book in the Hainish cycle. Okay. Or Hainish cycle. Hainish cycle by Ursula K. Le Guin. Oh, right. Um, the okay. most famous of these is uh, Left Under Darkness yes. and The Dispossessed, which I reviewed yeah. A decade ago on the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. I think you've read them too. I've read them, In yes. the summer, we listened to an audiobook of um, Planet of Exile, mm. um, which is the second book in the uh, in this Hainish cycle. Okay. Um, and uh, here's the thing. Ursula K. Le Guin says, um, uh, this is in on the Goodreads Hainish cycle series, eight primary works. Um, it says here, each book stands alone, although all books in the cycle are set in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Works are not numbered. As the author, th author says, people write me nice letters asking what order they ought to read my science fiction books in. The ones called the Hainish cycle or something. The thing is, they aren't a cycle or a saga. They do not form a coherent history. There are some, some clear connections among them, yes, but also some extremely murky ones. Okay. Um, and some great discontinuities. Uh, so the order doesn't matter. Um, well, here's the thing. She doesn't say the order doesn't matter, but she does say that they they aren't a cycle or a saga. Mm -hmm. There are connections between them, but they don't form a coherent history. Okay. Um, and so when you read about people who've tried to put these together, they're like, oh, yeah, at this time, this, you know, empire was called this. And then in the future, they're referring back to a time when something like an empire, but they're referring to it in a different name. Mm. And the reason why that empire fell in one book is different from a, the reason in another. And then some other books are like, oh, uh. actually, everyone thought it was this kind of thing, <laughs> but actually it's not that. It's this other thing. So, you know, lots of retconning or lots of just, you know, skips in continuity and things. Okay, so. interesting. However, this book that I'm reading now, the or that I'm going to review now, City of Illusions, follows on almost completely from Planet of Exile. Now, different characters in both of them. Yeah. But stuff that happens in City of Illusion re references back to things that happen in Planet of Exile. Okay. Planet of Exile 
um yeah. is there people which is the one that we we listen to yeah i remember and uh, yeah it's it's some people who are uh, like some mission to another planet with like some different breeds of humanity there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, humans they're like, what they're like the anth- anthropologists yeah the anthropologists are yeah, there. yeah and and then they're like hey crisis back on earth we're all leaving and they leave behind a group of people yeah. there <laughs> and they were like hey back in a back in a bit and you know back in or over decades or whatever <laughs> it takes to go backwards and forwards between the things yeah and then they never come back from earth and we don't hear anything else from earth so we don't know what what happened and the people on the planet also don't know yeah and so what actually happens is in in uh, in in this book we find out a little bit more about what happened on the planet of exile after that and mm-hmm. then what actually happened back on earth cool. so there, there is some connection okay. between the two of them Anything? Not, not very strong connection, but it would be weird reading this book and then reading Planet of Exile because you're like, spoilers for Planet of Exile, <laughs> but this happens, this happens, this happens, and at the end that happens. You know, they do kind of do a little pl- plotted history of what happens in Planet of Exile. Okay, so it's book. better to read it this way around. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely read them. Like you say, oh, the she, again, she doesn't say the order doesn't matter. But right. I would say start like don't read City of Illusions until you've read Planet of Exile. Okay. And also, spoilers for the end of this review, uh, this book's not very good. So probably just mm. don't bother reading it at all. Just read Planet of Exile, which we both really enjoyed and thought was quite excellent. And be happy with it because I'm happy. Yeah. Good. And now the sun is so just, much in Just my move eyes. this way slightly. Where's that going? The, the sun's come out. Where's that going? I'm going to do the thing. Talk for a second. Okay, I'm going to talk. Um, so the uh, we, we listened to this book and now you're going to talk a bit about this book and you're telling me this is not a good book. So I'm, I'm not, not saying it's not it. a good book. I'm just saying that it, for me, it wasn't very satisfying and I didn't enjoy it a huge amount. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, there's a... When we pre- talked about the previous book, we just read... Um, we just read the the, uh, the novella by Adrian Tchaikovsky called um, Elder Gods. Oh, no, yeah. Elder Race. Yes, Sorry, Elder, Elder Race. Race. Yes. And we're like, <laughs> ah, actually, Elder Race, which to be honest, if we're talking about some of the best stuff that I've read this year or that <laughs> came out this year, Elder Race is definitely up there of my favourite science fiction that I've read this year. Oh, good. Yeah, we gave it like four stars. And thinking back, I'd probably give it a bit more. Again, it was it was just because it was a novella yeah. um, that we didn't give it more. So we read, we reviewed that in episode 492. And then 497, like five books later, mm. we listened to Planet of Exile and we're like, hey, Hey, there are lots of connections here yep. and you realize that uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky must have read that book you know it's <laughs> yeah. so clear that yeah. oh there's you know he's, he's he's playing in the same space trying out the same world excuse me I'm faffing with my microphone all the time here I keep hitting it um so uh, so when I was reading this book I was like oh is, has anyone done this again right. and yes Ooh, kind tell of. me tell me kind of here we go city of illusions first published in 1967. Uh, so this is really old, you know, 1960s science fiction. Yeah. Um, you know, writing at the same time as, I don't know, Asimov and all these other guys in their peak. Yeah. Um, so the person who's done the same thing as this, which kept me, kept me thinking about this, mm. is Lord Valentine's Castle by Robert Silverberg. Okay. Fact, I should just quickly look that up here. One second. You, you, you talked about this before. I remember this book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the one uh, which has got a juggler as a main character, ah, or the main character. Well, that uh, makes sense Lord then. Val- 
Lord Valentine's Castle. Let me click on it here. On where, where can I look at it? On Wikipedia here. I should have opened this up beforehand. Yeah, the Madripoor series, which was first written in 1981. So we're talking a long time after City of Illusions. Um, Lord Valentine's Castle comes out, mm-hmm. and Lord Valentine's Castle is um, is interesting in that the uh, that there's a, a way. Oh, oh, there's a there's a way that they punish people for murder. Murder is the one crime that you can never get away with okay. in this world. Yeah, and not and and this is and it comes up with the with the later books as well. The um the uh, the Magibor tales or whatever it was, mm. which I literally read this year. So yeah, not yeah, yeah. not too not too long ago. Um, where, oh, I can't, because I'm scrolling backwards and forwards here. Yeah, which I only read in uh, yeah in in March this year. Magipore Chronicles and Valentine Pontifex. Yeah, it goes into all the details of how they set up the world. That if you ever because like, they can go through your dreams and go through your memories, they can see if you're planning on murdering someone, or especially if you have murdered someone, mm-hmm. and then you you're you only have bad dreams from then on. You can't get any rest, so it's like eternal punishment. Wow, that's harsh for murdering, uh, for taking someone's life. So what happens? And again, spoilers for a book that came out in 1981, which you should have, which we reviewed and talked about quite a bit. Yeah, is that. They go right. We're gonna. We want to replace the person who's on the throne. So, but we can't kill the person because if we kill them, we get tracked down and get discovered and get found out. And then we get punished with that punishment. And we get punished. Uh-huh. So what we're gonna do is instead of killing Lord Valentine, we're going to take his memories and like strand him over on the far side of this continent, far, 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 far away from the capital city. You know, mm-hmm. and and he won't remember who he is. Okay. And, and the people there also won't know. The people around so him won't know him about mm-hmm. it, know about him or anything. Um, there's more going on in that book. But <laughs> the bet. whole idea is we're, we're not allowed to murder somebody, mm-hmm. but we want to get somebody out of the way because they're going to be inconvenient or too powerful. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so instead of murdering them, we're going to wipe their memory and leave them. And then over the course of the book, on over the course of like the first you know two thirds or three quarters of the book, this character is going to travel across the continent back to you know where they should be. <laughs> yeah. And in that time, kind of you know go on adventures and meet lots of different people and you know stay here and go there and meet these other aliens here and all these other kind of people all the way back across yeah and then uh, and then find themselves back where they need to be slowly regain their memories mm. and then get 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 back do whatever they need to do at the and end. in the meantime did they become a better person well, yes and that's the, well that's the point of lord <laughs> valentine's castle is that he becomes he's going to become a better um, a, a better lord, a better ruler of the whole world, because he sees every all all of the world from the you know the lowly people's from the point of view of an itinerant juggler who's traveling <laughs> around with a juggling troupe and trying to get getting in adventures and scrapes. Nice. Anyway, so what happens in this book is there is the guy can't remember his name. Don't doesn't really matter in Planet of uh, sorry, not Planet of Excel, City of Illusions, and it starts off and he's like, well, I don't know who I am, and here I am, and someone picks him up, and then they're like, right, I need to, I want to work out who I am. I don't know who I am. I don't have any memories. Mm-hmm. So let me go on a long trip across the <laughs> continent from one side of the continent to the other. And it's like it's like a dying earth, which is actually the stuff that I quite enjoy about this book is that this is uh, like our earth a long, long, long time in the future. Okay. And he's in the, I don't know, Appalachian Mountains or whatever. And he has to make his way all the way across continental United States to like where San Francisco is, I think. Or, you know, all the way over to California somewhere. Okay. Uh, and... um 
yeah, and it takes him months and months to get across there. Yeah. And he has adventures and he meets up with different people and meets this person and, you know, gets has a love affair with this person and shacks up with this person, you know, and just keeps going along all, all, all the way. Okay. Way. Uh, one, one question here. When you say this was written in 1967 or something, yeah. and you're saying this is um, happening in the far, far future. Yeah. Now we are from the perspective of 1967. We are already in in the future, but this is further. No, like no, no. When I say thousands. dying Earth, I mean thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the future. Okay. When like there's only legends of old technology, and everyone lives in you know massive post-apocalyptic kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. And there's wow. scattered communities all the way around. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, so that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, and then he makes it all the way back to the city of illusions and regains his memories and. And what's find... the city of illusions? Oh, it's just where the where the the the, the powerful people live, who oh, okay. who have a law or their only rule is that they're not allowed to kill people. So instead of killing him, they've wiped his mind mm. and then they do it. And it's and it's really disappointing because it it never makes sense. Like this in Valentine, Lord Valentine's Castle, I understand that the whole world is built up around this idea that we can't kill someone we have to okay. you know but that informs all of the laws and all the politics and how the world works and where the person has to go yeah. and how this person there and who's the king of dreams and then who's the comforting mother and who's the pontifex and who's the <laughs> lord you know and they're like oh right and by the time we get to the end of it well we need this other kind of like leg of government or what would you call it like separation of powers this yeah. person has to do this yeah. and then we've got the shapeshifters so they've got to come in and we've got to have them you know the idea about it of the world really sets up that like it really informs the world that people yeah. can't kill each other so all the adventures uh, you know the adventure so the adventures that people go on mm -hmm. is um in lord valentine's castle in lord valentine's castle it's yeah. kind of informed by what the world would look like if it's really really big mm -hmm. and there's weird levels of technology like there's like precursor technology mm -hmm. but then you know there's no uh, on the madripoor it's a really big world but there's no there's no metals there's no like heavy metals right in it yeah. so technology is all like like a lot of the technology is like lower level technology okay. that people just need to get by but in some <laughs> ways it's actually a good place to live you know yeah but yes okay and so basically um are you saying that in the ursula k Le Guin book is there too much other stuff going no there on? isn't any there isn't a two there, it's like it's not that there's too much other stuff it's that three like two thirds three quarters of the book is like just a journey across the 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 dying earth and meeting different people which is fine mm. and then he arrives in city of illusions and they're like ah remember that rule that we don't kill anyone and i'm like no but it's very convenient <laughs> that the only thing the person this person has been wondering about is who am i what is my identity yeah and so it's like three quarters of the book just feels wasted. And I was like, why are you only telling me right now at the very end? I mean, it isn't just, it isn't told about that, but it doesn't mean anything. Oh, it's just like very convenient yeah. that like, oh, we need like how, like the whole amnesia, mm. um, you know, plot setup. You wake up, it happens in computer games all the time. <laughs> you wake up. You don't know who you are. Why not? Well, let's find out who you are. And as you go around, you like read your, you read your own diary or find out about this. You're like, yeah. mm, I wonder why you don't remember that. Oh, this must have been, you know, it's and it's just I don't know. It's just so convenient that they're like, oh, you're the most you're a big you, you could be very, very powerful or you could be, you know, whatever it is. You know, mm. the reason why they're really afraid of this person and really he, he could be really powerful. Okay. And then they're like, well, instead of just getting rid of you, instead of killing you, well, we have a law against killing. So 
very conveniently we're going to for plot it, it feels very convenient for plot reasons that we're just going to remove your memory so you don't you remember who you are and go you know okay and so um, it's a half no two-thirds is an adventure novel yeah but then... there's not even that much adventure going on like the world is interesting but not a lot is like happening right the main character whose name i don't remember isn't that interesting he's not like for example you know, learning to juggle or, you know, getting together with a troop of people and, you know, having adventures across, you know. He, so he stays alone by himself the whole time. No, he doesn't. He's got a woman that travels with him. But oh, like, okay. No, you go, oh, no, it's not interesting. A, a, it's not another a, person. It's not, a, it's not a fun romance. It's not a fun anything. But she doesn't know him. What do you mean she I doesn't mean, know him? like, she's traveling with him, but she doesn't know originally who she, he is. It, she oh, was also like... captured by some people that he was captured by, and they team up to escape. And oh. then she's like, well, you know, she's part of a, she's part of a, 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 a tribe which travels around. Mm-hmm. So she knows how to travel, so they stick together and travel. And she's like, well... Convenient. You know, well, yeah. Again, don't <laughs> want to give too much away, but lot, there's lots of convenient things that okay. happen in this okay. book. So, and then at the end, just want to say yeah. some of the con- most convenient Deus Ex Machina sort of like, oh, we need a spaceship. Here's one ready to go. I ready, already fueled what, what, up. I what? just need to press one button. And I was uh, like, wow, that's really handy that the main enemies, you know, the the one thing that they don't want to, yeah, it's when they the one thing that you don't want to happen is this person who is an expert helicopter pilot. <laughs> sort of like, oh, there's a helicopter on the roof which like the rotor blades are already spinning and it's ready to go. So I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I wish we hadn't have left the helicopter turned on with the rotors spinning on the roof just as this one person who happens to be a perfect like really you know really good at flying helicopters just happens to you know escape and go oh what do i need a helicopter really handy damn it clive we should have thought about that shouldn't have left the helicopter with the rotor blade spinning empty with the keys and the ignition already played why clive Clive, I don't know. It's the name. Um, uh, that's funny. But how long is this book? Is it like a proper book? Yeah, it's like six hours of an audio book. I got it free from the uh, from the library. Oh, so that's good. Uh, I listened to it, got through it. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to say, kind of disappointing after Planet of Exile, which we both really oh, enjoyed. Yes, and, really and, enjoyed and here's the thing. In that book, we got to know people. Yeah. Like there was like three characters and we got to know all three characters really well. Yeah. And it was really nice to get to know those main characters and there was a whole community around them you know and this person and that person Mm -hmm. and you know like kind of three different communities in a way you know and it was all interacting and it pushed through and there was a siege and everyone had to band together and work together you know it was was good yeah and this was this is sort of like right there's this one guy who you don't really care about he doesn't know about himself we don't like he'll find out about who he is by the mm, end i guess yeah. because there's no, if he doesn't there's no plot yeah you know there's yeah. never a book where mm, i wonder what my old identity was and you yeah. get to the end and they're like it turns out i don't really care who i used to be i mean maybe there are books like this or yeah. stories like this but, but this is hard what this because you you are literally forcing your your main character to be bland yeah, like to be a, a blank slate, it is really hard to then make the person reading this being like finding this situation inherently interesting yeah. because you you don't know who that person is. That person also don't know who they are. So it's like, okay, yes, there has to be interesting, like really interesting stuff happening. Yeah, you know, it's the same kind of thing when you go, okay, if we're in a time loop, you know, which I was talking about, yeah. like you, the the the, ti- the quality of how good a time loop movie or story 
is based on is like what is the like what is the the underlying genre or mm-hmm. tropes that mm. they're going with and if that's a good version of that yeah then it will be successful yeah. you know groundhog day is successful before you get to that first time loop yeah. because it's a comedy about a grouchy weatherman played by bill murray who is a you know he's really funny and the script is really funny and the characters that you meet are really funny yeah it works just if it was just that a short movie about one guy going to punxsutawney yeah. for the third time and he doesn't just like that. it just it, that that is entertaining enough <laughs> and you and know like the the uh, um the edge of tomorrow the live kill no kill die, die repeat uh, kill die repeat with yeah. tom cruise and emily blunt like that is just a fun war movie in alien invasion movie you know yeah. up to the first time loop you just sort of like you're on your edge of your seat going what's going on uh, oh there's an invasion and they're yeah. gonna do this you know it's and there's fun you know get to know the group of soldiers moments yeah. going on yeah it's yeah, a yeah. fun war movie before it ever gets to a time loop yeah. and that's what you need with these kind of things whatever the reveal is or whatever the twist is or whatever the you know the the construction is yeah whatever is going on what happens beside that has to be a good version of that and while there is a little bits of fun dying earth far future somebody track going across you know post 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 apocalyptic america mm. there isn't enough there to keep my interest there isn't mm. enough about his character to keep my interest and then when they get to the city of illusions it feels very dated compared to a lot of the other ursula kayla Gwynn novels that i've read you okay. know yeah. which still feel current like like the humanity there feels current the politics feels mm-hmm. current the mm-hmm. like the the struggle and you know the whatever the the themes all feel kind of current yeah and this feels very 1960s where like ooh, um something something brains you know and brains. Uh, well all of the books back then are still everyone like one of the main things is still like mind reading and mind control and psionics and you know te- telepathy mm. and you know telekinesis okay. you know there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of science fiction in the 1950s and 60s and a bit into the 70s where you know telepathy and telekinesis and all that kind of stuff was still is was still like the main thrust of science fiction right and now that's not in science fiction anymore unless it's sort of like okay get something implanted in your head and then yeah. you're like oh right and now we can control someone's memories by an implant or yeah. like that it, it once cyberpunk came along you can no longer just do ran this random person has telepathic abilities like you can't you just can't do that like oh yes it's just they're just evolved it's like no suddenly that's now in the realm of fantasy yeah that's what fantasy is yeah. and post cyberpunk any mind control stuff has to be technologically mm. based rather than, oh, humanity just evolved in this direction, it, you know? Just because there was... Yeah, uh, j- just because. Because of dystopia. No, not because of dystopia, because of evolution, because of the next step of humanity, because right. of my, because this was latent in humanity all along. Mm. Latent, latent cell, you know, psychic... Psychic, not psychic, you know, whatever the gifts are yeah. that are just latent in humanity because we're only ever using 10% of our brains. So what the other, what's the other 90% for? Right. You know, oh, that's the bit for telepathy. That's the bit for telekinesis. That's we, the bit we're for, just not there yet. Yeah, we just haven't worked it out. But people, are, <laughs> but in these science fiction books, people unlock it or mm. humanity unlocks it and it just raises them up. 
doesn't really that's just not a thing in science fiction anymore yeah or no, it's I not it. a main theme or a main uh, yeah, trope and, and, yeah and that's i think that's the thing it can't be just the main thing it has to be maybe it can be part of something but it can't be then oh uh, and this is this is uh, how we end up and this is how this is the the end end theme of of a story yeah yeah it can't be what the story is based on it yeah it, it has to be like a side bit of technology yeah and really that that does come from you know uh well who was it who's uh, samuel l delaney when he was you know writing mm. some of that and then you know from then like and then after that you know the po you know the once once you get past that to cyberpunk yeah, yeah. anything that's brain related has to be wired in or technology mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. scans or something yeah you have it has to be technological based it can't just be like mm, next step of humanity okay um, and well, this feels very much like that, you know. Okay, so um, is there anything more to say about no. the the whole story, the place, why? No, because it's not whatever? that interesting. It's, it's not That's the thing. It fe this feels like dated science fiction from the 1960s which i struggled to find any connection with and struggled yeah. to connect with the main character yeah. or any of the struggles the storytelling was convenient and it mm. felt like i say the the technology or lack of it or whatever is available like the tropes feel dated to the 1960s that's really interesting do you think it has something to do that it is taking place on earth and the other one was just a, a an, an anthro anthropology uh, no. story on a no, different planet no it's not that it's no. because the main character isn't interesting. Okay. The setup to the story of someone losing their memory isn't that great. Yeah. The traveling across America could be interesting, but it's again that like we've we've done dying. I've seen read dying Earth. You know, post 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 apocalyptic stuff done way better than this. Yeah. The story isn't great. The resolution isn't great, and the characters that we meet at the end and the motivations of the the antagonists just aren't great. Okay. You know. Well, sure. it's just not it's just not very it's just not good compared to I mean it's fine like I wouldn't say never bother reading this like if you're like what I'm doing which is catching up on some Ursula K. Le Guin <laughs> that I've not read before this is one of those novels yeah you know this is one of what is it the uh, uh, the Hainish cycle one of eight primary works in the Hainish cycle mm -hmm. and I've read five of them yeah so I'll read this one as well and just tick it off yeah to tick it off the list and, and I don't I don't regret reading it because it now came... I can do a review and tell other people like ah my this is minor Ursula K. Le Guin. Okay. Well, sometimes you're looking for a book like that. If you are, for example, in between big, big no, no. author, big name, big no, no, names I'm not. You, I'm looking no. for a book which is just in between other stuff that happens to be like one of my favorite books I've read of the year, and I give four stars or five stars to. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a book which I'm like in the end quite disappointed with based on the previous book by the same author that I read. Okay. Which we, well, gave, sometimes... which we gave like four and a half stars to. And this one I'm giving like two and a half stars because it's just yeah. not that is enjoyable. But I, I sometimes do this. I sometimes do look for books which are not going to be mind blowing and are not going to be great even if I'm, if if it's an author that i know um, um no, because sometimes let me really i really want to drill down on this point yeah. you're not looking to be disappointed nobody is looking to be disappointed yeah you might be looking for something light and easy and without a lot of weight but you're not looking to be disappointed nobody ever wants to be disappointed mm. 
No, no, it's not an emotion that pe- some people go, oh, I want to feel sad. Mm. But then if you want to feel sad and you end up feeling happy, then you're disappointed. You know, that's the whole point. Disappointment is you didn't get what you want and you're and you're upset about it. Okay. Nobody wants that. Nobody reads something to be disappointed. It's one of those things where, oh, it's so bad, it's good. And then you watch something and it's not so bad, it's good. It's just bad. And you're disappointed <laughs> that it isn't bad enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like us reading a like a Robert J. Sawyer book and being like, oh, we're gonna we can get some real good rants out of this, and then we get to the end and we're like, oh, well, I guess it was kind of fine. Didn't get what I wanted. Not, not not bad enough that we could rant about it. The politics were okay enough that like what you know whatever it can yeah. be. Like you don't sometimes when you hate read something and it's actually not not even that bad, then you're just disappointed again. So. Okay. So well. I'm. It's nobody I think, reads for disappointment. That's what yes, I understand. But it's, I think it's also okay to have uh, an author where you read a book and then that's just not, just not the thing you wanted, or it's not as great as you think it should be. That's fine. No. No. Why? No. You keep saying it's fine for me to be disappointed. No, it's not. Like I didn't read this book expecting it to be the worst Ursula K. Le Guin book that I've read. Yeah, I just like. Why would I? Why would I be happy with a two and a half star book when the previous book of hers that I read was a four and a half stars and one of my I'm, favorite science fiction ex- adventures? I'm not saying it, it. You should be happy with it, but I'm also saying. Um, it's totally normal. I, okay, we have to move on from this because it's it's literally mind blowing for you for you to say, oh, sometimes it's good to be disappointed. No, it isn't. It just isn't. But then the next book you're gonna read of hers is, is gonna be much better again. Is it? Probably. Is it? Probably. Is it? Yes. Can it get worse? This book has got three point nine on um on Goodreads overall. Okay. Uh, Did you read any of the other people's? Opinions. No, I didn't actually about it. Let's go to it. Jeff rated it four stars. This is SFBRP listeners. Or put it this way, friends of mine on Goodreads. This is my second dip into Le, Le Guin's Hainish cycle. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, the last half of the book is... Uh, I thought this book was excellent. Le Guin is a great storyteller and she packs a lot in a hundred and se- t- sorry, 217 pages. Um, yeah, well, okay. just, just didn't grab me. Uh, Joachim Rude rated it five stars. Richard, five stars. Ryan, four stars. Yeah, lots of people rating it four and five stars. Quite a few three stars as well. But those maybe people these people all didn't read Planet of Exiles before that book. Yeah, or maybe they're just happy with a book which didn't satisfy me. You okay, know, it's horses for courses. Maybe somebody is fine with a book where the main you can't like. Maybe they did identify with the main character, yeah. and maybe they're happy with the plotting, which felt you know, which felt like it had been done better in Lord Valentine's Castle and world building, which fit with that. If you know what I mean. Yes, and also here we don't have a person that becomes a juggler, of course, and that. No, um, you know, no, it, it, that's not the it. reason I like Lord Valentine's Castle as a novel because I think the juggling is, as a professional juggler, yeah. I think juggling, some of the juggling isn't uh, isn't reflected of reality or my <laughs> my lived experience as a professional juggler. No, but I I think I think if you if you have a um, a story with a, an amnesia kind of thing, that person needs to go through things and by being a different person than they normally are, mm. discover things about themselves. You know, there's so much stuff in in inherent that you could do with these kind of amnesia stories. Yeah, I know. 
obviously it, it wasn't just done didn't, here. Just didn't feel like it lent, lent into that so yeah. too much. Yeah. Because what happens, again, mild spoilers here, but he doesn't know who he is and he goes, well, I'll find out when I get to the City of Illusions. So we spend like three quarters of the book getting to the City How of Illusions. How does he know that he needs to go there? I, I, you know what? I don't even remember, okay. but like he need he thinks like, oh, I need to go in that direction. I need to find the people. Yeah, because the people who m- might have told, st- stolen his memories might be there. Anyway, he gets there and they're like, hey, you, we're looking for you. And, and he's like, and then he's like, right, I'm going to get my memories back. And, and it's so annoying that like, it, does, it doesn't feel like he had to work for it. He no. just like just got there. Yeah. Someone says here, Lynn rated it three stars. This is just someone on thing. It says, um... This work involves an ancient, an alien traveler who has arrived in a forest region of what was once eastern United States with amnesia. His journey across the continent allows Le Guin to describe a dystopian landscape that could complement the future as described by Walter M. Miller Jr.'s A Canticle for Leibowitz. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Canticle for Leibowitz is one of those books which every time I read it, I rate it low, quite low. And then, like mm. a year later, I'm like, yeah, I think that's one of the, my my favorite science fiction books I've ever read. And I think it's like a five star book. And then I read it, and I'm like, wow, this is really infuriating. And then I, <laughs> and then like it's one of those books that as as all of my memories of reading it or are always way better than my experience of reading it. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. Um. Yes. And. Uh... So that's what I'm talking about. Like you know dying earth or whatever it is you know yeah things it, it's 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 people don't people don't remember what the, the what earth used to look like mm. or humanity used but to be like but this whole travel gives ursula kelly gwyn the opportunity to then describe oh, everything yeah, yeah. and we we meet this tribe here and we go over there and sp- spend time with the farmers and then we go over with the hunters and gatherers and then mm-hmm. we go over here with the travelers and then we go over here with the person who set up an empire yeah. and then we go over here you know it's a uh, and, th- and this person has guns you know and this person mm-hmm. doesn't and this person has a radio and this person you're like okay whatever Anyway, just want to say, overall, I was disappointed this book and disappointment, no matter what Juliana tries to tell me, is not good. Two and a half stars. Two and a half stars. Okay. All right. Next book. Yes. Well, we'll get to that in the future. Well, the... Depends on. I I will I will finish my book. I promise. You'll finish the book that you've read. I've got another book that I finish again, which I'm 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 trying not to reveal what these books are. Yeah. Oh, uh, a few things that I I because I've been trying to find another audiobook to read, mm. listen to, and I was going on the library. Yeah. I, I keep finding these these books where I'm like, mm, I don't recognise that, but let's give it a go. <laughs> and um and wow, it's interesting to read terrible, terrible, terrible science fiction books. Okay. And just, you know, get a few chapters in, like, you know, and then just bail on them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if, uh, let me actually just bring it up here and I'll give some people, like, if you want to read, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to start some science fiction books or that they're in the science fiction, you know, section of your library. Yeah. Um, which, uh, uh, which are, uh, uh, which you understand not to recommend to Luke. One was by Adam Rex, The True Meaning of Smeck Day, which is... Okay. Uh, Never heard of that? No, I hadn't heard of it either. But again, I was just checking I was just right. checking out some random books. And um, yeah, some aliens or something, maybe. But it's told from the point of view of a, of a, of a young girl. And she's sort of like, hmm, I bet I got to write this for a report. Here it is. And sort of telling it in the past sense. But it's a really famous event. So everyone knows what's happened. But then she's retelling it sort of like, oh, and I bet. And at the time we didn't know this, but here I am telling you this mundane story. So mm-hmm. I, anyway, I didn't get into that. And then the next book that I tra- tried out was um, An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's his debut yeah. novel. I think John Green, his brother, is, you know, yeah. the vlog brothers or whatever they are. Yeah. Um, he's a very successful author, mm-hmm. but don't, don't think write science fiction. So I started oh, yeah, this. Yeah, Paper Towns. That's what he, her, what, uh, 
his brother rode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is terrible. Like, it, it's one of those things where someone goes, hey, your brother's a really successful author. Do you want to go in a novel? He's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't know how to write. It's it's insane how bad this book was, how bad the start of this book was. Okay, but it's also uh, young adults, so I, maybe not quite Maybe it is young adults. And this is about a young woman who, maybe there's aliens, there's probably aliens there. <laughs> um, and and it, we all know in the future what the story is, but she's, she's now saying, well, back then we didn't know this was going to happen, but here it is and this thing turned up and we took i took a photo of it and i called my driver and i'm just like the the character is the most infuriating character ever okay she's in new york she's an artist and she's like i don't know it's like amazingly so like right on like the politics perfect like everything like like just it's like hitting over but then it's sort of like oh yes and this person had um a youtube and this person i was like yeah hank green is a youtube guy he's vidcon (laughs) it's sort of like vid it's like vidcon the science fiction book oh man it's it's like oh and then this person came up and they wanted to license this video from me and i was like great and my other people were like oh let's sign a contract for video licensing i'm like hank green you write what you know but fucking hell like just fuck oh terrible it's just the worst i got 11 percent into that mm-hmm. uh, i'm not carrying on with that thanks so. for bailing on it so i don't have to sit through a whole podcast yeah with you anyway about i just it. want to say so if you like if you ever want to like write a really like if you ever want a really really lazy way into a book mm. say uh oh i'm gonna tell this story from my point of view and then not say what the story is but then like like but the the author like the in the in character in the book mm. is writing because they're really famous and there was a big famous thing that happens but we as the readers don't know what it is so yeah. then it's been revealed step by step so where there's always this looming thing about what's the big event that's going to happen in the future yes it's so bad it's like because if that is the thing that you're going to do the the story that you're telling you remember what I was saying before the story that you tell at this point actually has, has to, to be, be good a, yeah. it has to be a good version of a person who is already fully formed as a character who is in a relationship already so we don't there's not going to be any romance you know there's not going to be a romance they already established themselves all their politics are perfect it's sort of like how what is this person going to learn mm. how is this character going to grow and you're like the, the only way for this character to get to, to, to grow as a person is to become less annoying but this is written from the point of view of someone who has already got to that point in the future and it was looking back at themselves and it's like wow no reflection at all terrible terrible writing okay anyway so, so uh, I'm glad that I bailed on those books so I've got five audible credits so I'm just going to go to some books which are on my actual books that I actually want to read go for than- it you have the credits for it but I think it's also good to have, to, to, to learn when and how to quit books yeah. like just start reading some random books and then uh, recognizing the feelings you have towards them yeah. and then they say okay I don't need these feelings I this, can just leave yeah this is this is people you know we're talking about with the um uh, with the the tall wave squeak yeah. or people who are like hey what would it be like if you know, if your main influence on your storytelling and character development isn't like novels with mm. and literature and writing, yeah, yeah. but it's TV and movies. Yes, and you computer know. games. And uh, what's that? Computer games. Yeah, well, less so computer games, but yeah, yeah but, maybe. Yeah. Let, let's put that some of that in as well. And these two books were like instead of um, instead of the main influence being movies and TV shows and computer games, mm. it's other people's YouTube 
video essays and Instagram book reviews and TikTok theorizing about tv shows and movies about what make them good yeah and then the the, that's the basis of how you write a novel yeah is is like third hand washed over you know this through a sieve that splattered on this and then that person rummaging around in the dark (laughs) and then that person who's been rummaging around in the dark critiquing someone and then based on that say oh this will make a good novel if i write it this way can work no it can't work he's a published author he yes and i wonder how this novel by multi-millionaire hank green brother of famous author person who has his own media empire i wonder how his novel got published (laughs) you know it's it's one of those things where you you like really appreciate like someone like stephen king who was like oh yeah this guy over here richard backman hmm yeah richard backman his novels are pretty good they actually stand up on their own it turns out it's stephen king all along you're like all right a a good author like someone who actually knows how to write could probably under a pen name or a pseudonym get a a novel published just because they're competent yeah or if you read a book and you didn't you didn't know who the author was you'd be like oh yeah this is probably written by a competent author (laughs) yep some people are just not competent authors i don't know hank green Nice guy, whatever, but oh my goodness. Mm. I don't know. And that's that book's probably going to win the Nebula Award next year. No, it won't. No, uh, no, no, it won't. It I won't. don't know. No, no. Hank Green isn't in the right crowd. He's not in the right no. crowd with us. I'm just not into awards at all. Didn't didn't do any any Goodreads awarding awarding. Things. Oh, actually, some of the books that I have on my to read list are ones that were at the, were which were won or in the in the top whatever of the Goodreads science fiction and fantasy okay. section. So I'm gonna I will actually get to some of those and see what the book nice. those books are like. I'm looking forward to what you come up with next. Yeah, let's see what my next book is. Again, I don't know yet, but I've got five Audible credits. So mm-hmm. thank you very much to all our Patreon supporters. Yes, Oops, thank sorry. you. Um, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge and you can support the Science Fiction Book Review podcast and all our juggling projects as well, which is what the Patreon is mostly for. But, yep. you know, thank you very much to all our Patreon supporters who are uh, SFBRP listener there as well if you support us at the 25 dollar level you can pick the topic mm-hmm. or the book that you'd like or us the read. book that you would like uh also thank you for the people who uh wrote in the goodreads uh forum oh, yes. and told me that they're listening yes. thank you so much it's nice to hear that there's uh actually people who get our, our voices in their head yeah that was the doing that was stuff. the feedback for episode 500 where you was like who's listening turns out we do have a few people listening. <laughs> that's very nice and a few people have been sharing their top three books of the year Maybe we should do that on our next episode. If okay. we do it before the end of the year, we yes. can we can look back through and I can share my top three reads of 2022. That's good. I feel like I haven't read much at all this year. Nope. I don't know. Well, it took you like four months to read that <laughs> yeah. one book that yeah. you got through, The Light <laughs> yeah. from Uncommon Stars. Yes. Uh, all right. And uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, you can follow along at the moment on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on uh, uh, follow along with the top forty jugglers of the year. Yes. We're counting down that. We started uh, a few days ago, five six days ago. A poll and that Luke is running for now. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a it's a I've been doing yeah twenty years. I've been running the top forty. If you think I've been doing the science fiction book review podcast for a long time, <laughs> which is like coming up to fifteen years, uh, yeah, even before that, I was doing the juggling podcast, and before that, I was doing the top forty jugglers of the year. I have not been mentioned in the right countdown of the top forty jugglers the year and we're over halfway through so it means that a poll that i run on my own social media accounts and youtube maybe you're just not on a list i'm i if i'm on the list this year i'm above halfway on a poll that i do with my own stuff which my own fans (laughs) vote for 
<laughs> where you have access to I, the data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I see all the data and data. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, I don't, a... I don't faff around with it. I've never boosted myself up, and I've never. Oh, come on! I've, in every in every past story before the, the poll ends, is what you're writing. What? Vote for me. Everybody for says me. vote for me. Vote Everybody for says me. vote for me in the top Luke forty journalists. Awesome. But I awesome. said I'm saying it ironically. All oh, right, everybody. Everybody knows else that. actually wants the votes genuinely, but I, I'm asking for votes ironically. Okay, you're cute. Anyway, follow along with that. Forty-three minutes. Let's wrap this up. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>